Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Adams, and this is the Money Girl Podcast, where my mission is to help you live rich and love the journey. I'm so glad to have your ears and want to thank you for downloading the show. You probably noticed that we have new cover art for the podcast. It's got a yellow background. All of the QDT shows are getting a facelift right now. So let me know what you think. Do you like it? Do you hate it? I'd be interested to hear. And also, one other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you haven't heard about Podchaser, Podchaser is a new podcast database and discovery site. It's billing itself as the IMDB of podcasts. And it's kind of interesting because they're focusing more on podcast episodes than on entire shows. You can find popular and trending shows, follow specific hosts, producers, guests, IMDB style across shows. So I hope you'll check out Money Girl there and leave a rating and a review. You can go to podchaser.com forward slash money girl, or just go to podchaser and then search for money girl in the search bar at the top. This is episode number 520 called car loan or lease. Six tips to know which option is best. Today's show is about understanding the difference between getting a car loan or a lease. And I think this is a really important topic because for many of us, the cost of financing or leasing a vehicle is one of your largest monthly expenses. Unless you live in a city with easy access to public transportation or you've got plenty of ride-sharing services available, I'm sure you need your own vehicle to get to work, run errands, and have fun. But choosing whether to get an auto loan, a lease, or pay cash for a vehicle can be pretty confusing. Having a monthly payment can also become a huge burden if your financial life takes a turn for the worse. I decided to do this show after getting an email from a Money Girl listener named Diana G. She's in this camp where her payment has become unaffordable. She says, I have an auto loan that I can no longer afford. Since I'm upside down on the loan by over $8,000 and can't trade in the vehicle, what are my options? Well, in this podcast, I'm going to answer that question a little later. I'm going to explain the differences between financing and leasing a vehicle and cover six tips to know which option is best for you. So let's start by talking about buying a car. When you purchase a vehicle with an auto loan, you make fixed monthly payments, including interest, over a set amount of time. The more you pay up front, the lower your debt and your payments will be. For example, if you buy a new car for $30,000, 
and you make a 20% or a $6,000 down payment, you make up the difference by financing $24,000. Your monthly payments are determined by the interest rate and the length of the loan. Other factors include whether you buy a new or used vehicle, the price, your credit, and how much you earn. Diana didn't mention the details of her loan, but let's say she borrowed $24,000 at a 4% APR or annual percentage rate. If she has a three-year loan, her monthly payment would be $708, and for a six-year loan, it would be $375, while that lower monthly payment always sounds good. Remember that the longer your repayment term, the more interest you pay over the life of the loan. Plus, longer auto loans make it easier to get upside down, which is the situation Diana mentioned that she's facing right now. So let me talk about that. Being upside down is simply financial jargon. That means you owe more than the underlying asset is worth. If you're upside down and you get into a situation where you need to sell the car or maybe to make an insurance claim because it got stolen or it got totaled in an accident, you might not receive enough money to pay off your loan in full. When you're dealing with a potential buyer or an insurance company, they're only going to pay you market value for your vehicle, even if it's less than what you owe for it. To pay off your loan, you would have to make up the difference from savings. That's a major bummer. Although we need vehicles, they're typically really bad investments because they depreciate very quickly. New cars can lose as much as 25% of their value just after one year. That's why used or pre-owned vehicles make a lot of sense. The first owner of that vehicle takes the biggest depreciation hit. The best way to prevent being upside down on a car loan in the first place is to make as big a down payment as possible so you've got some equity in the vehicle. Plus, paying more upfront increases your ability to get approved for a loan at the lowest interest rate, which reduces your payments and cuts your interest expense. Another way to borrow less for a car is to trade in your current vehicle if the dealer will offer you a fair value. The trade-in value gets deducted off the purchase price of a new or used vehicle. So when you're buying a car, I recommend to make a goal to pay at least 20% of the purchase price, including any trade or promotional rebate, to get the best deal. And you got to do your homework before stepping on a car dealer's lot. Don't even go there unless you know the purchase price of the car you want, the value of any trades or rebates, the amount of cash you can put down, and the monthly payment you can afford. And at the end of this podcast, I'll offer advice on what to do when you need to get rid of a vehicle with a loan or a lease that's putting a very tight squeeze on your finances. Okay, now let's switch gears and talk about leasing. A third of new car and truck transactions in the United States are leases, and I think that can be attributed to the soaring cost of vehicles. A car lease is a contract that allows you to use a vehicle over a set amount of time. Your lease payments compensate the dealer for depreciation that will occur during your lease term, plus gives them some additional fees that give them a profit for making a deal with you. There's typically a down payment due at a lease signing, such as 
Now, unlike with a car loan, where I'm telling you pay as much as you can up front, it's the opposite with a lease. You want to pay as little down as possible with a lease. So in other words, only pay the minimum required amount up front when you lease a car. Also, it's best to lease new vehicles only, and you want to choose a term that doesn't extend beyond the warranty period. So let's say you lease a car that's worth $50,000, and it's going to be worth $20,000 in three years when your lease expires. That $30,000 in depreciation, less any trade-in or down payment, plus the dealer fees, is the basis for the calculation of your monthly lease payments. This is why lease payments can be much, much lower than loan payments for the same vehicle. Instead of paying for the entire car, you only pay for the estimated depreciation of the car during the time you lease it. Now, there are multiple factors that go into the calculation of a monthly car lease payment, including the term, the retail price of the car, your down payment, your credit rating, the depreciation, the dealer fees, and state and local taxes. What's interesting is that different makes and models of cars have very different depreciation rates. Those that depreciate the least are the best to lease. To research vehicle prices and depreciation rates, you can check out different sites like TrueCar and Edmunds, and I'll have links to these resources in the notes for this show. You'll find them in the Money Girls section at quickanddirtytips.com. At the end of your lease term, you can either return the car or purchase it at a predetermined depreciated value, which is known as the residual value. The higher the residual value, the more it's worth at the end of a lease and the lower your lease payments will be. Now that you know that leasing a car means having little or no equity with relatively lower payments and getting a car loan means having partial equity but with higher payments. As I mentioned, whether you lease or buy them, vehicles are just really bad investments overall, even though we have to have cars. They're bad investments because they depreciate no matter what. When you're choosing between leasing or buying, the best option really depends on your lifestyle, your financial goals, and how you intend to use a vehicle. I'm going to cover six tips to help you understand your personal preferences and know whether a car loan or lease is right for you. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. 
Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Okay, back to how to know whether a car loan or lease is best for you. I'm going to cover six tips, which are really like preferences that you can think through with me as we go through the rest of the podcast. The first one is you don't want to deal with potential car repairs. So for this, think about the fact that a major advantage of leasing is that you don't have to deal with any repairs because most are covered if you get a lease term that does not exceed the manufacturer's warranty. So if you've got a three-year warranty and you've got a three-year lease, anything major that could go wrong is gonna be covered. That protects you from having to pay for major repairs. However, you're still responsible for routine maintenance with a lease. And when you return a leased vehicle, the dealer is going to check for any damage, and they may even charge you for repairs if you don't get things taken care of or if you didn't bring it to their attention. If you tend to be an aggressive driver, you may want to consider purchasing an extended lease warranty that would cover parts such as new brakes or tires that would not be covered under the manufacturer warranty. Number two, you want to drive a new car every few years. Leasing can be really attractive because you get to drive a newer or a high-end vehicle for a lower monthly payment when compared to the cost of buying it for the same price and down payment. Even if you purchase a car using a low or no interest loan, leasing is usually a lot less expensive in the short term. That makes it more affordable to drive a new vehicle with the latest options and safety features every few years. So depending on your lifestyle and your personality and occupation, keeping that new car smell with a luxury nameplate might be exactly what you want. Number three, you don't want the hassle of selling or trading in your old car. There's no doubt that leasing a vehicle is just way more convenient than buying. You won't have to worry about what to do with your old car when you're ready for a new one. Plus, if the car you get is a lemon, you're not stuck with it. You just take it back to the dealer. Number four, you want to drive a lot of miles. So while there are plenty of upsides to leasing that I just mentioned, 
it does come with some downsides. A biggie is that you're typically charged a mileage fee if you drive more than a certain amount of miles. It's usually something like 10,000 or 12,000 miles per year. Depending on your work and your lifestyle, maintaining a low mileage may not be possible. When you borrow money to purchase a car, you can drive it as many miles as you want. Number five, you want flexibility to change vehicles. Another advantage of owning versus leasing is that you have flexibility to sell that car or trade it in for a new one, even if you still have a loan on it. But breaking a car lease is much more restrictive and can be very expensive. I'll cover more about that in a moment. You might be glad to own a vehicle if you lose your job and have trouble making payments. You take a new job that requires you to drive more miles that would exceed the leasing mileage cap. You need a minivan because twins are on the way. You want to customize your vehicle. You don't want to maintain your vehicle just so perfectly. Or you have a major life change that just doesn't make a leased car a good fit for you anymore. Number six, you want to pay as little for a car as possible. The financial upside of owning a vehicle is that after you pay off the loan, you could drive it for years without a car payment. That's fantastic when you can do that. Once a car loan is paid off, a great strategy is to keep sending the same amount of money to a savings or retirement account. But as I mentioned, buying is going to be more expensive when we're talking about the monthly payment compared to a lease. If you cannot afford the higher payments of a car loan, consider buying a less expensive model or a reliable used car. That's what I did for many years. I was really into buying pre-owned luxury vehicles. Right now, I'm actually leasing a car. I'm leasing an electric Fiat because there was just a great deal on them and all kinds of rebates that were available when I was in California. However, you are taking a risk that your car won't need any expensive repairs after any warranty that you may have expires because that could easily wipe out the savings that you hope to achieve. Let's get back to Diana's question about how to handle a car loan that she just can't afford and she's upside down on it. If she sells her car or trades it in, she'll have to continue making loan payments. So her best bet is to keep it. One option that may make her payments more affordable is to refinance her auto loan. If she could get a lower interest rate or a longer repayment term, that would reduce her monthly payments. I'd recommend that Diana contact her lender to discuss the options. Let's say she doesn't qualify for a refinance. Maybe if she's had some trouble with her credit or she lost her job, the lender may not qualify her for a refinance. However, if Diana communicates with them and says, hey, I'm having a hard time, I'm in a financial hardship, how can we work this out so that it's a win-win, I bet that they can work something out with her. They may be able to suspend her payments temporarily or even allow her to pay less for a certain period of time. Believe me, any lender would rather work out a deal with you than to have you default on a loan. And what about a lease? 
Well, if you've got a car lease that becomes unaffordable, you want to review your contract and speak to the dealer so you understand the full cost of breaking a car lease. Here are three options that you can consider if you're thinking about getting out of a car lease early. Option number one is return the car. Returning a lease car to the dealer before the end of a lease is never a wise move because you're still on the hook for payments. So this is something I really would not recommend, but I'm just mentioning it here because it's something that the dealer may say, hey, just bring it back. Well, you need to know what the cost of doing that is because you're typically going to get hit with additional early termination fees and penalties. And if you don't make lease payments, it's going to hurt your credit, just like defaulting on a car loan would. So if you've got to pay those lease payments, well, you might as well keep the car and use it. Option number two, if you are looking at getting out of a car lease early, is to buy the car. Whether you should buy a car during a lease or at the end of the term depends on what price the dealer offers you. If the vehicle's market value is higher than the price, buying might be a good idea. But if the car is worth less than what the dealer asks, it's obviously a bad idea to buy it. The third option you have is to transfer the car lease. Transferring your car lease is really the best option, but it's not always a slam dunk. It's also called a lease trade or a lease assumption. It can be very affordable, and doing that does not hurt your credit. A lease transfer is when one person takes over the payments of a leased vehicle with the approval of the leasing company, and they assume all the rights and responsibilities of the original agreement. The person with the lease is called the seller, and the person who wants to assume the lease is called the buyer. Sites like leasetrader.com and swapalease.com allow you to advertise your vehicle and lease to prospective buyers. People who want to get out of a lease are matched up with people who want to take over a lease for the remainder of the term. And I'll put the links to those resources in the notes for the show. But you need to find out what's allowed under your existing contract. If your leasing company does allow transfers, you'll have much more flexibility if you need to get out of that lease early. So to sum up, If you like the benefits of leasing, it does offer a more carefree lifestyle where you don't have the headaches of ownership. But if long-term cost savings is your primary objective, then you should buy a car and drive it until the repair costs begin to exceed the cost of replacing it. Remember that leasing is just another form of financing. So it's still very important to negotiate the price of the car, which is known as the capitalized cost just like you would if you were buying it. You want to focus on the capitalized cost more than the amount of your monthly payment. And you can use some online tools to help you crunch the numbers. I'll put a link to an auto buy or lease calculator in the notes for the show. And again, they're at quickanddirtytips.com in the Money Girl section. I want you to keep listening learning, and leveraging your resources to grow richer every single day. One way to keep the conversation going is to join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. Text the word dollars to the number 33444 and subscribe to my weekly email. Each week I send out a free short email that's filled with tips, tools, and recommendations that I think you'll enjoy. And to get that email, text get updates with no space to that same number, 33444. If you're enjoying the show, I would love to know that. 
You can take a minute to submit a quick five-star review on iTunes or do it on Podchaser, as I mentioned at the top of the show. I read all the reviews, and if you've already submitted one, I want to thank you. It really means a lot to me to get your feedback. If you want to find older podcast episodes, you'll find the full archive of shows along with all the show notes on the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. And by the way, if you've got questions, comments, suggestions for future show topics, send them my way. You can reach me on Twitter, at Laura Adams, or you can reach me on my contact page at lauradadams.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.